Broadcast from kind of the centre of England, this is Waffle On about children's TV broadcast in the 1970s. Welcome to Waffle Lawn. My name is Simon Meddings, and as per usual, I am joined, joined, gened by uh, my uh, good, st- good start. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, by my co-host and uh, all-round good peg, uh, Mr. Mark C. Kelly. Hello. Word up to the Bromsgove Massive. <laughs> Yo, Soli Hall, dude. Is it Soli Hall or is it Hall Green? Sorry, isn't it? No, I'm Soli Hall, uh, don't you know? That probably don't mean, that probably don't mean anything to anyone else. <laughs> no, <laughs> Apart no, from me and you. In fact, I don't think it means an awful lot to people who actually live in Soli Hall, to be no, fair. No, but, uh, no. but there we go. So, welcome to... Um, well, I'm not going to welcome you because um, you're part of the show. It seems a bit yeah. pointless to me welcoming and you. And I've spent, uh, spent nine hours with you as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear, mate. Uh, yes, welcome to the show. Um, this is part one of a few parts uh, of yeah. about children's TV. The reason why we're going to do it in a few parts is because, well, Cal, there's just so much classic... Um, ch- well, I say classic. Uh, we look Obviously, we look back on things with a nostalgic uh, point of view, but there's an awful lot of um, children's TV that we could actually talk about, isn't there? There, there? there is, but as we've talked about this, there's a lot of rose-tinted glasses going on here, so we're going to, be tr- we're going to try and keep it a bit focused because we yeah. could just talk forever about it can't we oh and, exactly yeah and I don't remember you know like we said a lot of it is just it is memory in it more than the actual shows it's just what you remember what was going on in your life at the time anyways but we're going to talk about this about this the do, post- do you remember do you remember an awful lot was going on in your life in the 1970s mm, uh, no bear mind we were both born in 1973 not not like do you just the, mm. the, the end of the 70s are just about remember stuff but not I don't remember being a child watching TV do you? No not really I tend to remember stuff like um, I don't know actually it's weird because I we didn't have C- we didn't have C- bloody CBeebies then did we? No You know what yeah. I mean we, you know, Thank we... goodness for that our children's TV was, was round about when we got back from school it would have been yeah. like, round about 4 o'clock till 5.45 I think, and then we were talking about this before and then what happened you'd had to put the telly on and then he was then you had to go in and edu- you know, entertain yourself for the rest exactly, of the night exactly it was news I mean that's a, a, I mean speaking from a, as a father uh, I hope it's how I'm going to be when my daughter gets to the age of uh, enjoy- well she watches TV now anyway kind of mm. but uh when it comes to actually, you know, watching it, going yeah. out of a way to watch TV, I think I am going to try and do like what my parents did. Yeah. Of course, saying that, easier said than done, I suppose. Uh, but uh, yeah, <clears throat> so we're actually going to be concentrating on the 1970s in this episode. We're going to do another one uh, on the 80s. Uh, and we're not going to bother with the 90s because, uh, well, what's the point? Um, well, there is only two words to describe children's TV in the 90s. Two words, you know what them two words are? Yeah, go on. Pat Sharp. <laughs> you wanted to do a whole episode on Pat Sharp. <laughs> I love Pat Sharp. Bad house. <laughs> Yay, cool. Uh, and but uh, we're also going to be doing um, 
separate programs on stuff like Blue Peter and Grange Hill simply because of the fact that they've been going for so long and there is so much to talk about it would be a crime to actually fit it in an hour or so podcast well let's, um, be, honest, let's be honest about it mate. we could do a whole episode just about Mark Curry on, on uh, Blue Peter yeah because he really was rubbish but in a <laughs> he was good brilliant way. though <laughs> and to be fair I could talk all day about Janet Ellis yeah, but that, that again, that'd be a more adult-orientated podcast. <laughs> yeah, that that yeah, we get the explicit tag Oral on iTunes. Again, pornography, <laughs> we do not want on this podcast. Thank you very much. Mm, look what we made earlier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so obviously that's going to come up in in separate issues, and uh, we're still hopefully we're going to be able to do an interview. Uh, with the creator of Summerton Mill and uh, I'll let you all know now if you've not heard of Summerton Mill it's a, a new program but it has the essence of Campbellwick Green, Chigley and Trumpton and that's another point we're going to be doing a separate podcast on those uh, programs because they are just, just where's awesome that? What, where's that on uh, Summerton Mill? Is Summerton it on CBeebies? No it was on CBeebies, series one was on CBeebies, uh, they didn't uh, BBC for some unknown reason uh, didn't commission it again and so series two has been shown all around Europe uh, but not here in England which is an absolute crime but there again the reason why the BBC probably hasn't uh, commissioned it is because it's all hand style uh, you know motion yeah. models um, so it's proper children's animation or what we love as animation I mean Ardenham animation did um, but if you remember what Campbellwick Green is like it's done exactly in the style of that it's educational and it's really well wrote and uh, and filmed and I'm not just saying that because we're going to be interviewing the guy because let's face it we say what we feel on this show oh, oh yes we don't suck <laughs> up to no one hell no uh, yeah we've got some comments that we're going to play uh, we've got one audio comment and that comes from Buzz who's the one of the presenters of the Here Goes Nothing podcast which is fantastic go ahead and listen to that and uh, he's actually sent us a 10 minute mp3 <laughs> Kel Ooh, that, that's <laughs> good for us we want more if anyone can do an hour one that suit us <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so he sent us one through and uh, we have one from Dan and we have a, a memory from Cheryl who you'll know we dedicated to the show to last month so should we crack on as, as the spoon said to the egg yeah <laughs> okay uh, so we're going to start off with Bagpuss I should point out the reason why we're starting with Bagpuss is not because it's our favourite it's simply uh, because it begins with B uh-huh. uh, so let's play the theme tune or the opening titled to Bagpuss Old 
opening titles there. Uh, Cal, before I give some information about Bagpuss, what's your opinion on it? Didn't like it. Okay, there we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not a great fan of Bagpuss, but it is extremely Import- uh, popular. It, yeah. it, it's, like, it's like you speak to people. And it's like most people you meet our age, what's 36, like my girlfriend, mm. fiancé, should I say, absolutely loves it. Everyone I meet loves it, apart from me and you. We just never got it. We just didn't like it, did we? Yeah, I know. It's quite it's quite weird. I mean, I, I, I don't think I liked it because I didn't like the mice in it. Uh, the, Bagpuss was uh, originally made in 1974 uh, by Oliver Postgate, a very important man mm-hmm. regarding children's TV. Um, incredibly, though, there was actually only 13 episodes of Bagpuss ever made. This will be a recurring theme throughout uh, the yeah. uh, programmes we talk about now, that um, there wasn't an awful lot of, um, of these episodes made, although we always think... There was there was loads of them. Uh, weird that is, but but then again, children, you know, you, short attention span, I suppose. Um, he had a company called Small Films, uh, which is Peter Furman along with uh, Postgate, and Bagpuss was a actual cloth um, cat, uh, a pink cat. It wasn't actually meant to be pink; it was meant to be ginger, but they uh, they dyed it the wrong colour, which is yeah. weird. Um, but yeah, it was a pink cat. You had a, a wooden woodpecker. Professor Yaffle was the uh, the wooden woodpecker. Uh, there was. Um, Gabriel the Toad and a ragdoll called Madeline and basically the whole thing was was that Emily was a young girl a human girl who owned a shop uh, Boz actually mentions this uh, shop so we won't spoil his comment because uh, it's pretty good but uh, she owned this little shop and anything she found she placed in the shop and because what would happen uh, magically Bagpuss and uh, all the others would come to life and basically the whole story was that they'd go around fixing this broken object that Emily had uh, finding normally by the mice and the mice had this kind of uh, it was like a, an organ wasn't it that they played oh. and, uh, and, and, and brought these things back to life and once it was fixed it was placed back in the shop for somebody to find and that would be the end of the episode yeah because they used to it's, sing didn't they we will make we'll, fiction oh, oh god. god yeah we will fix it oh, and, it, and that is to me quite and I think that's probably the reason why I don't like it because it's it's quite horrific <laughs> oh I think the only reason I didn't like it it didn't have guns or robots in it generally <laughs> right. when I was a young kid that was there that, that was my that was my scope for children's TV guns or robots so, so, it, you're, so you're saying basically that from 1973 and you were born in December so you might as well write that out so uh, from 1974 to 1979 yeah. in those six years or yeah. around about five you was actually into guns at that oh, age definitely it, you can ask my mum the, there's a picture of me when I'm 18 months holding um, <laughs> a, a chair leg up to my dad it, like a gun I'm not actually disputing this I'm just pointing out that this says a lot and is the answer a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, there you go. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's Bagpuss. Uh, we, we, there's not an awful lot else to say about Bagpuss. Really. Yeah, it's still even... being shown, actually. On, uh, on, I think it's been shown on uh, CBBS every now and again. But uh, it's standing the test of time. And um, I'll read Dan's uh, email out after this, after this next one. Uh, and I think... I think kids really still do enjoy Bagpuss, but from an adult's point of view, when you look at it, you think, oh, that's rubbish. I mean, the good thing about it, of course, is all stop animation, and as I said earlier yeah, on, yeah. Uh, regarding Summer to Mill, I'm a big fan of that. It shows a lot of caring attention. Nothing else to say on that? Oh, I thought you're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, not really. I thought you just said it. I was going to say exactly the same thing. The most, uh, the, 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 you look back at it now, and the thing that's impressive is the, is the animation. Hmm. And, you know, the production's brilliant for the budget. You know, the BBC had nothing... But that's the positive out of the way, isn't it? You know, it's just 
Nothing, you know, I couldn't tell you a storyline in it. No, no. What happened? Uh, well, you just cat. find something, fix it, end the story. Yeah. But it's yeah. like, you know, sometimes simplest things are about it. Because it does teach you as well not to just throw things away that you find. I mean, let's face it, when we were kids, you'd find something in the street. I mean, God, think about it now, it's probably bad. But you'd find something in the street, you wouldn't throw it away. I remember finding bits of circuitry, you know, yeah, from old yeah. TVs or a, a smashed calculator or a broken car. And kids I don't think these days would, would, would they just leave it there but I used to love finding stuff like that you know maybe because of the fact that we wasn't given everything we asked for I suppose but, and you're you know. a tramp <laughs> <laughs> that excuse helps. me I lived in a better part than what you did let's <laughs> face that <laughs> that's probably true actually I was living yeah, in kids green at the time yeah. which is which is the hood so uh... <laughs> mm. okay so let's go to our next uh, programme uh, Bod uh, do you remember anything about Bod yeah I do now I've got no recollection of Bud, really, mm. apart from what he looks like, obviously. But my yeah. main recollection was the policeman in it, the funky policeman. When he used to come on screen, he had really funky music. And that's my only recollection. You know, the, again, these would these must have been, we must have been watching these all the while. But you yeah. try to think back, I, I can't. He was actually called PC Copper, which is... Bloody hell. PC <laughs> Copper, that's brilliant. PC Copper, that was his name. And uh, I think the one standout thing about Bud is, of course, the theme tune. So uh, let's have the theme tune. Here comes Bod. Now that is that is funky, isn't it? Who was it who used to do the, the who did the narration to that? Okay, well, oh, good. Uh, you see, we're doing this over Skype, but still, you feed me the questions, I'll give you the answers. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, it was narrated by the brilliant, the wonderful, the excellent John Le Missourier. Ah, oh, yeah, the cl- he's classic, he's, yeah. yeah, and uh, Carol Drinkwater, who was an actress who uh, later went on to uh, do uh, All Creatures Great Small. And the music, which we've just heard, was done by a legend, and we're going to be talking about this legend at the end of the show. This legend is Derek Griffiths. Oh, yes. Heads Brilliant stuff. And tails, anyway. He's and tails. <laughs> that and could have linked back to this last space podcast. Indeed, yes, actually. Oh, well done. Yeah, yeah you're on form today. Bloody hell, that's just come... No, normally we're pretty rubbish on, a, on an evening. No, it's true, because that song's in it, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, anyway. Bud, so let's just uh, go through Bud and what we've got here. Bud was a BBC children's television programme, first shown in 1975, with 13 episodes. There seems to be a thing here. 13? 13. Yeah, only 13. Uh, it was based on four original Bud books by Joanna Michael Cole. That is an animated cartoon series, uh, as we said, narrated by John Le Missouri. Uh, the four books were actually published in 1966 in the United Kingdom and later in the United States and France. Uh, before the animated series were commissioned, uh, the four books had been read already on the BBC on the brilliant children's TV programme Play School, um, which, of course, we you know, uh, Play School was, was brilliant. Are they, is Play School still going? I don't know. What's happened to Big Ted and Little Ted? I wonder what they're doing there. Big Ted. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think Floella Benjamin's probably stole it, but that's uh, that could be libelous. So well, let's <laughs> yeah, yeah. not go there. Uh, the character of Bod is a boy, mm, dubious, uh, who lives. Actually, I've got a friend called Bod. Uh, <laughs> okay. He looks nothing like Bud, but uh, Bud always listens to this show. So, hello, Bud. Uh, normally on the train. Uh, there you go. Uh, so the character of Bud is a boy who lives in a town with Aunt Flo, PC Copper, and Frank the Postman, and along with Farmer Barley Mow. 
not many people in this town. Uh, each of the characters had their own theme music, which is performed yeah. by Griffith, which is heard when they appear. Uh, regular features are animal identification and Bod Snap. Uh, now, this is the bit that I always remember of Bod, is the um, character called Alberto Frog and his amazing animal band. Uh, in this section, featured short extracts from famous pieces of classical music. And always ended with Alberto choosing a different flavour of milkshake as his reward for solving a problem. And I always, always shouted chocolate milkshake. And it always seemed to be strawberry. Mm. Do you remember so, that? No, uh, not really. But I know no, about really. your. It's obviously your chocolate obsession started very early. Yeah, tell me about it. Reason I'm the size I am, I suppose. Uh, so yeah, so Bod, uh, another one of those programs like it's still being shown. It's mainly shown on Nickelodeon in uh, in America and still being shown over here. Uh, so our next one, uh, we probably sound like we are rushing through these, but um, they are kind of programs you can't really go into too much detail about because there's not an awful lot of detail to them. And we're not four. Maybe if you got a four-year-old interviewed about them, they might tell you loads about them. But it's been it's been a good thirty odd years since we saw these programs, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. And as my uh, mum as mum says, I've been to bed since then. It's a strange like comment. That's my it's a strange comment. My mum always says when she's forgot something, she said I've been to bed since then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good excuse. I like it. Uh, no, I'll tell you what we'll do now. Let's read out a email address. Are you ready for this? Not an, not, not an email address. Just, you just can't no, read no, out no. an email address. <laughs> that would be bad. Uh, yeah, That would be the most boring <laughs> quote ever. Anyway, go on. <laughs> okay, this is from uh, Daniel Vieira, our man Daniel. Uh, Hi, guys. I was hoping to send an audio comment, but just couldn't find a quiet moment to get it in time, so I thought I'd do the next best thing and email you. I'm really looking forward to hearing about what you watched as kids since we are around about the same age. I don't have a vivid long-term memory, especially when it comes to my childhood. We just, uh, as most people haven't. <laughs> no, no. But the only reason why we know this is because we've researched it. Uh, when I think back to kids' TV, I used to watch discounting the American imports, which, of course, we watched a lot of American imports, didn't we? But, again, this is all about British TV, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we can't really go into those. Uh, uh, we started to get in the late 70s and early 80s. Uh, there are a few that spring to mind, and Dan turns around and, and lists the following. Uh, Mr. Ben, Bagpuss, Rainbow, Jack and Ori, Play School... Nightmare, that was 1980s, Rent-A-Ghost, Take Heart, Blue Peter, and of course, Doctor Who. Can't count Doctor Who. Um, no, it's, not, um, it's, it's more of a family show than a kid's show, per se, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, oh, and that horrible one, several had a conversation about on Twitter with the pale aliens that spoke backwards, creepy enough, blocked out the title of it again, and strangely enough, so have I... I don't know what I, I don't recognise that at all. You were on oh, about this other day. Yeah, I was on about and, and the worst thing is, of course, I was the person who was having a, <laughs> this chat with Dan on Twitter about it, and uh, uh, and I think Anthony from the Scuttercast, who uh, who has actually sent us an audio as well, we'll be playing that in a bit. Uh, he'll know because he was the one who helped me out with Robo Story, which is another one that I uh, I couldn't remember. Uh, Robo Story. Robo story, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll show you that tomorrow. Uh, I must say that I haven't gone back to watch many of these again after so many years, but I'm sure you may be the same opinion of me that kids shows these days don't seem as engaging or creative as the ones we grew up with. The funny thing is, you know, I have two young kids, so I get exposed to a lot of current TV. Now, uh, one day I came across a DVD of Bagpuss at a bargain price, so I picked it up with the aim of introducing it to my three-year-old daughter. She loved it. But boy, was I disappointed watching it. I guess the answer is that kids' TV shows are designed for children's eyes and imagination. We just see them differently. The other interesting thing is that you just don't realise how small these shows were. I was surprised to learn how few episodes series like Bagpuss actually had. 
when you're watching them as a kid, you thought there was an endless supply. Looking forward to hearing your opinions, Dan. Well, brilliant, brilliant uh, email address there, and totally agree with everything he says. Uh, there, there is a thing about t- children's TV now where I don't. Again, you know, you have to remember it is for children, but um, I'm sorry, but there are some rubbish stuff out there <laughs> compared, to what, compared to what we're talking about now. Uh, so let's go on to our next one, uh, Chortle and the Wheelies, and uh, let's have the theme tune. <laughs> Take it for a spin and show you round the wheelie world. Hop on, it's fun to come along and take a look at wheelie world. You'll be surprised how good it feels. Just zoom around, all the young wheels are merrily. Oh, okay. You don't need a ticket for the take you on for free. And if you see no rich vanilla, don't be worried, for there's no cause for alarm. Because we've got Chosen, who's the dragon, he will keep you free from harm. <laughs> it's fun at any time of year. So put your wheel in second gear and then hold tight. All right, we'll show you all the sights of Wheelie World. Okay, Chilton Wheelies was narrated by Joe Lynch. Uh, do you remember much about... Uh, ah, now, hold on. You're going to remember Chilton Wheelies simply because of the fact that I bought it on video when we lived together along with Hong Kong Fury and Captain Caveman. Yeah, and also, <laughs> this is what... Now, when you told me we were doing this... This mm. was one of the ones that really I did love when I was a kid. I've got yeah. not, not loads of memory of it, but I remember watching it because I just loved the witch who lived in the boot. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and, and I loved, they were like, you know, it was robo-esque. So they'd yeah. like, we, you know, the we, and it was just it was just a bit odd, wasn't it? It was, it was. Uh, Children Release was a popular 70s stop motion. Again, you see, it all comes down to stop motion animation. Uh, the action takes place in Wheelie World, hence in the theme tune there, which is inhabited by... The wheelies, uh, <laughs> uh, they all have wheels, which is which is pretty weird. And uh, Chortle is the main guy there. The uh, the evil witch, which you just talked about, Cal, was uh, Fenella, uh, the kettle witch. She's uh, she in a separate part of the world, the uh, wheelie world in Spout Hall, uh, which is an oversized kettle. Uh, she has quite spooky things in here. She has a talking book called Claptrap von Spill the Beans and the telescope which was I just thought yeah. was brilliant and it always the way the telescope used to bend backwards and forwards there was, yeah, this, yeah. Uh, there was this telescope where she'd talk to it and it, it just kind of look at you in a really strange kind of way and it looked back outside and uh, the, the telescope was called O'Reilly um the, I don't know if you remember the, the little things that the sinister objects actually had that she'd send uh, around the place was uh, like spikers uh, um, strange looking conker shells with baleful eyes which would roll everywhere um, they always seem to be pretty pretty quite scary actually it was it was a darker show for kids. and I tell you what though you're talking about I always used to get that, these two sh- I always get that show muddled up with Camberwick Green ah yeah because the, the, there was a, <laughs> is that the next thing but there's a lot of crossover wasn't because it? it looked very similar didn't it Mm, yeah, it, it's 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 a weird thing because uh, uh, uh had a, a really strange Welsh, really strong Welsh accent, um, and that's what really sticks in my head, which is which is pretty really because in Chilton as well, uh, the happiness dragon, because uh, yeah, because everyone else had wheels, didn't they? But Chilton yeah. was like, like a happiness dragon yeah. who just who just appeared in the really world for. for you know, after hatching out of an egg, um, has a really strong Yorkshire accent and often says "I up." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. And I think that's brilliant because it's kind of like it's it's kind of opens up England, well, Great Britain, I think, more than anything. Where you got like, uh, not saying that everyone in Wales is is 
he's, he's evil, obviously, because that's bad. But he's kind of like, well, where's, where does where does Fenella come from? Oh, she's Welsh and short, and he's like, hey, oh, you know, I'm from like, Yorkshire. I've probably just assaulted everyone from Yorkshire. Oh well, uh, yeah. The, the plots were fairly simple. Mainly, Fenella has a scheme to make the Wheaties unhappy, and Chilton just accidentally uh, solves the day. Um, other characters in that was uh, uh, Zuma, uh, a wheelie notable for his speed. Jenny, King Otto, and Queen Doris. Honestly, there's really one called Zuma in there. Yeah, Zuma, really notable for his speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was King Otto and Queen Doris, who were the monikers of it. Um, we've already talked about Claptrap and O'Reilly uh, there was Clifford which was Fenella's giant son I don't remember him oh you only yes you only saw his leg uh, that was a that was a thing mm. and uh, yeah there was uh, Pablo and Lloyd uh, yeah great great kind of TV show really uh, and I, I bought it on video and um, I remember there, there was a really problem with the video because it started with the end of the last episode yeah because all that <laughs> sync weren't there it was a really yeah. odd it was really weird. Uh, okay, so I'll tell you what we'll do now. We're going to play Bozzy's uh, comment, which is uh, 10 minutes long. So enjoy our man Boz from the Here Goes Nothing podcast. Hello, fellas. It's Boz from Here Goes Nothing. Um, so you're doing 70s TV, are you? Right. I'm only just old enough to remember that. But there are some very fond memories, so you asked for it. <laughs> Here it comes. Once upon a time, there was a little house. Okay, for the record, I do not remember this at all. All round the house was a beautiful garden. I think this may have been 60s, not 70s. But it came up under a 70s search, so... This would be Bill and Ben, the flowerpot men. Man, children were easily pleased. the bottom of the garden was a place where the man who worked in the garden left his things while he went into the house to have his dinner. Because he was a messy bastard. One day, when he'd gone into the house to have his dinner, he left behind an old glue pot, some seed boxes, and some packets of seeds. There were other things lying about, some flower pots. Oh my word, how boring was that? Kids are so easily pleased, aren't they? It's really interesting to go back on these things. I don't think this is going to be one of those pleasant nostalgia things for me. I can just see me now. I'm going to sort of take these things apart, I think. Let's see what's next. I see, that would be Pinky and Perky. Now, Pinky and Perky, I had their album. But uh, obviously thought it was extremely clever at a younger age that somebody could just pitch shift a voice. I mean, pitch-shifting voices isn't clever, really. Any idiot can do it, and I don't think there's any comedy value to it whatsoever. I just think it's childish and inane and a bit stupid, really, but anyway. What can you do? Okay, let's see what's next. Ah, this would be the banana splits. Brought lovingly home to us recently because of uh, Hit Girl in Kick-Ass. If you haven't seen that film yet, go and see it. It's awesome. But I remember very little about the banana splits. Other than they just weirded me out a little bit. Very strange, very strange programme. Very unusual costumes. Um, but I have some very vague memories of this. But I just remember, it's a bit like the rent ghost thing. I just found it really strange and uh, slightly off-putting. Hmm. I can't remember what this one is now. Oh, yes I can. Made me tired every time I watched it. 
This, of course, is the classic Bagpuss. Once upon a time, not so long ago, See, again with the filling time thing. There was a little girl, and her name was Emily. It's nice, Emily. This is all black and white, this, as I recall. She had a shop. She had a shop. Okay. Let's just examine that. A seven-year-old girl has her own shop. Okay. Now... Rather an unusual shop, because it didn't sell anything. Okay. Now, economically speaking... Everything in that shop window was a thing that somebody had once lost. Lost, you see, yes. And they had found. And brought home to Bagpuss. Bagpuss, yes. Who nobody ever claimed. Emily's cat, Mm. Bagpuss. The most important... Most beautiful, unemployed, the most magical, rather pointless, saggy old cloth cat in the whole wide world. Although he was quite cute. I do have very fond memories of this. Um, But obviously when you're a child, you don't query, where the hell does she make the money? Who's paying the rent on that shop? She must have had very rich parents, in which case she was probably a little bit stuck up. But anyway, what's next? Okay, that's the Thames logo intro, as I recall. (laughs) <laughs> Button Moon Mr. Spoon The lowest of the low budget productions A bean can, a wooden spoon Shining very brightly in the large blanket sky Blanket sky I wonder where all those yes. bubbles are coming from oh, That would be the bloke just off camera blowing bubbles Wouldn't it now really This baked bean can spaceship now Is going to arrive on Button Moon The thing I loved about Button Moon Is that if you walked too far to the left or the right You fell off Because um, there clearly no gravity on a button Sewn to a blanket I mean, Weren't we easily pleased Seriously that and finger bob I haven't got finger bob on here but seriously uh, I should get into TV production I could make a lot of money uh, what's this it now? It's an ordinary day in Doily Woods. Welcome to my fancy <laughs> dress ball. <laughs> this now showing on. This was Will of the Wisp, Disney and then UK I realised that this audio I've captured is actually an advert. So please excuse it. Um, I actually loved Will of the Wisp because um, the guy who did the voices was a legend. I can't remember his name. Kenneth Bran. Kenneth Branner. <laughs> Shakespeare. <laughs> okay. Uh, ooh, what's this? Oh, you're all screaming at me now, aren't you? I can't remember what this is. That's Mr. Ben. Oh, Mr. Ben. Yeah, he was the um, he was the rather creepy bloke who uh, just kept going to a costume shop to dress up. Um, they must have done one when he was in drag, but you notice he never ever seemed to pay for it either. He's just like some weird bloke down the street freeloader. On the pavement, very very road, odd. A group of children. We're playing cowboys and Indians. See, he lives on Festive Road. That's probably what led him astray. <laughs> the man should have been on a psych ward, really. Um, okay, I think I've got one more lined up here. Let's just see what we've got. Ah, Trumpton, I'm sure. Is that Trumpton? I don't know. Here is the clock. Ah, there we go. The Trumpton clock. Telling the time steadily, sensibly... Never too quickly, never too slowly, telling the time... It would be a pretty shit Trumpton. clock otherwise, wouldn't it, really? <laughs> what I love about that, this guy was obviously sitting in the back of his bedroom with a microphone the other side to record the voiceover, and they never thought to improve it. 
brilliant. I know tech wasn't quite what it is now, but um, yeah, bit of a sorry excuse for a voiceover that one. I never really, I don't remember Trumpton all that well, but I just remember they were really inane storylines. Again, this is the whole kids being really easily pleased. I just remember liking the fireman when the fireman came out and the the pew-pew Barney McGrew thing, which was ruined by the shaman or whoever it was doing a nasty rave-up version. So uh, maybe that's how I'll end this comment. Not so very long ago, in the top left-hand corner of Wales, there was a railway. Ah, oh, yes, of it course. It was a very long railway or a very important railway, but it was called the Merioneth and Lanticilly Rail Traction Company Limited. The and only the thing wasp. to come out of the north-west corner of Wales that anybody of remembers. <laughs> the locomotive of the Merioneth and Lanticilly Rail Traction Company Limited. Just an excuse to use long Welsh words. Engine, so his friends just called him Ivor. Ivor. Ivor the engine. Now, in the morning... Jones the Steam, the engine driver, would come down over the hill. Again, no expense spared morning, on this production. Jumping All sound morning. effects done by the voiceover guy. He would take wooden paper. No technology. I was fire. No Foley sound effects. <laughs> Check the water. Yes. And then, when Ivor had steam up, he would make his pot of tea. And sit on his ass and do nothing for the first ten minutes of the day. And well, that's, that's encouraging children to have a good work ethic now, isn't it? I don't think so. Ah, well, right then. Oh, we God, did I really work, record I this much? Oh, that was why. See, you remember this? Out of the shed and out into the bright morning air. Man, I'm waffling. I hope you've got... It's called Waffle On. I mean, you know, I'm in good company, aren't I? Ah, this is the acid trip itself. The acid trip that is Magic Roundabout. Again, I remember very little of this. I remember the characters and the look and the theme tune, but... I don't remember a single coherent story being produced. Um, I just know a lot of these things were drug-based in those days. <laughs> um, this is Daisy sitting on a trailer hitting a snare drum with her hoofs. Of course, not roll trippy up, at all. Roll up! <laughs> I have a special announcement. To me, everyone. I wonder me. how much these guys got paid. More than I do, I'm sure. Um, I said that was the last one about two ago, didn't I? I obviously got carried away with this. Here's another one. Oh, this is a clip from um, Captain Pugwash, who we all for years thought had really rude names for all the sailors and wondered how they got away with it, and then found out it was just a ruse by a, um, by a newspaper, basically. So the, they weren't really called master baits and semen stains and all this kind of thing. Um, I think it was just there was a master bait or, or, or master mate or something similar that sounded like it and they just took it and ran with it. But uh, um, I think <laughs> I remember Pugwash and I did enjoy Pugwash. And you'll probably find this is 80s now, not 70s, but who cares. So I'm going to play us out with the Pugwash theme tune, I think. And uh, I hope this hasn't been too rambling. I'm going to cut edit the shit out of it now. Oh, sorry, swore again. <clears throat> so, tell you my heart is. Okay, I was going to leave it there. But then I found this remix, and I had to use it because it's called the Bozilla Remix. <laughs> I'm really going now. Enjoy. Bye-bye.
Buzzer. There's Buzzer, Cal. Uh, uh, nice produced little audio there. Uh, okay. And uh, looks, looks upon it we've, how, how we look upon things in peace-taking eyes. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's it. We don't take anything very serious. And I think, like we've talked about this before, you know, this, this podcast is not really in-depth, is it? No, it's just meant to be to kind of like us to waffle on and for hopefully people to go out and seek it themselves. And I've had some great comments uh, sent to us uh, via email and uh, private messages saying uh, a lot of people have, have like our program because um, it actually informs them of these programs and they go out and look for them. And to be fair, I, I think that's the best compliment you can actually oh, yeah, ask yeah, for, really. Personally. Well, not the best compliment. The best compliment is someone sent us a thousand pounds in the post. That'd be the best compliment ever. But I'll take that. Uh, yeah, never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. George Lucas could be in Britain one day and figure, oh, there's the, they're really funny guys. We'll get him in the new... Well, no, we don't want to be in the new Star Wars the, the, Well, to be fair, we'd probably be a lot more popular than, the, uh, than uh, Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks, yeah, as well as well. Or anything else that George Lucas does with his massive flabby neck. Anyway, let's carry <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah. Uh, next one, Cal the Clangers, another Oliver Postgate uh, programme. The most surrealist programme ever made. Strangely, actually, this was first broadcast in 1969, uh, but I do remember growing up with the Clangers. Uh, in the in the mid in the early seventies, uh, it was a seventy forty show, but it's always been on TV, isn't it? I, I don't think it's on anymore, but I, I remember because I remember my I've got a niece who's twelve, and she used to love it when she was a, a kid. Mm. She used to watch it on CBeebies because it was on there or something. So it just shows you that um, even you know <laughs> how many years, nearly thirty years later, it's still being repeated. I don't think it is anymore. In saying that, it probably is on the somewhere, isn't it on Sky somewhere. Oh isn't it? yeah, well I mean the great thing about the Clangers, of course, is that they. They mostly spoke through uh, using the penny whistle. Uh, uh, Postgate writer and narrator for this, and Peter Furman uh, was the model maker on, on all the stuff that they did. And uh, Furman designed the character of the Clangers, and they, they're kind of pink little aliens, aren't they? And that was actually knitted by his wife. So uh, that's uh, what you call saving, God, well, you... saving the budget. <laughs> God, well, you wouldn't get a Beepers up production like that anymore, would you? No, no. Uh, had a, had a, a planet volcanic uh, alien there as well called the Soup Dragon, which the uh, Soup Dragon, yeah, yeah which is a, a band later yeah, on, which uh, yeah, a uh, Scottish band, yeah, a Scottish band. Uh, not too keen on the on them. I'm honest. <laughs> it's because the Scottish in it, you're racist. Oh, that the author? No, not at all. Uh, the word clangor is said to derive from the sound made by the opening. Made by opening the metal cover of one of the creature's crater-like burrows. I didn't know that, actually. Uh, each of these is uh, covered with a door made from an old metal dustbin lid, uh, which is there to protect it against meteorites and impacts. Uh, the first recording sighting of a clanger was in the 1967 Mog in the Nog book, The Moon Mace. So, uh, so that was that one. Yeah, I, can't, I, I really do like the clangers, actually. and uh, mm. I think I might, I might get them on DVD. No, you won't. What, you, well... It's less than about £1.50. You ain't going to spend £25 on one, are you? Do you honestly think... If, actually, well, there are quite a few episodes of The Clangers, so I think it is actually quite expensive, so hmm, maybe not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this next uh, programme uh, is uh, it's Finger Bobs. Uh, the theme tune to this is quite low, so I'll, hopefully I'll be able to boost the, the volume on it, but uh, here's the theme to Finger Bobs. <laughs> Finger bobs. Yuffie lifts a finger And a mouse is there Puts his hands together And a seagull takes the air Yuffie lifts a finger 
and a scampy darts about. Yuffie bends another, and a tortoise head peeps out. These hands were made for making, and making they must do. Bob's uh, theme tune there, uh, not to be um, mixed up with Finger Mouse. Now, that's what I was going to say. Was there a difference? Because I remember Finger Mouse, but I don't remember Finger Bob's. Was it, just, was it the same show with a different title, or was it a different show? No, it was it was the same show, um, but it was kind of like the Finger Finger Mouse was brought into Finger Bob's. So it was like an episode of uh, Finger uh, Finger Bob's. Uh, Finger Bob's was narrated by Rick Jones. Now this is the, it's ironic. It's actually Rick Jones who I remember because he has such a distinctive look. He's um, got a big beard and bald headed with a little bit of hair on the sides but he always wears a cravat as was their want in the 1970s such as uh, Tony Hart and yeah. that's what sticks in my head uh, which is a really big impact on me when I was when I was younger I swear what the cravat <laughs> it was the cravat very yeah, easily then. impressed by a cravat when you were a kid <laughs> Uh, this is 1972 and the basic premise of Finger Bobs was that the characters would collect things for the story that was about to be read uh, the characters were finger puppets controlled by the host of the show the, the host of Finger Bobs was called, well, actually called Yoffe in the show and as I said he was played by former play school presenter Rick Jones he had his own special song describing how the Finger Bobs were created <laughs> which is what we heard earlier on uh, Yoffe lifts a finger yeah. that's how it went <laughs> I'm not going to do the rest of it because uh, uh, it wouldn't be worth it. Uh, each character had its own special song, and this is where, of course, you remember Finger, uh, Finger Mouse from. Uh, Gulliver, I spread my wings. Scampy, my name is Scampy. Scampy, that's me. And Flash, my name is Flash, but I don't dash. Uh, <laughs> God, uh, Gulliver the seagull collected pebbles and flashed the tortoise and of course Finger Mouse collected feathers for a story at the end of the show. Uh, it does say on the um, the research that I got from it is a great website that. Um, all about the classic 70s TV and it, they pull on the bottom if you weren't there you'll never understand it I was going to say that chat. if you imagine if a show come like that on now it would it, you know kids would not even last a minute in that would they no, <laughs> no not at all because it was the most basic show ever wasn't it yeah yeah it really was it was just uh, um, some cones stuck on the end <laughs> of yeah I know it, well, it, you know, I didn't even I didn't like it at the bloody time. It's, think about it now, I'm unbelievable. Oh. There's the BBC budgetary requirements, wasn't it? Where, this was the seventies of BBC, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Let's just have some some Any, paper codes. They must have just put an advertisement in the make a show as long as you can do it for under ten quid. <laughs> but the funny thing is now is that if you, I mean, you obviously you won't do this because you don't like fish. But uh, if you have a prawn. Our man Ray is the one for this. He likes to get pawns. You know when you you, yeah. you know the premise of pawn. You actually take the head off, yeah, yeah, and then you eat the body, right? Ray will always put the pawns' heads on his fingers and do finger bob. Will he? Bloody hell! There you go. So, um, oh, that would have been better. <laughs> he would have yeah, under studio lights. <laughs> yeah, stinking fish. But he wouldn't stinking, be good, stinking would of fish. Uh, what's that from? No, that's from something. It's there. It's stinking of fish. I don't know where that's from. Did I write that? Probably. Oh, I could have done. I probably did actually. Anyway, uh, our next one is the Flumps, my brother's uh, favourite program, and my girlfriend's favourite. Is it really? Is it Emma's favourite? She loves it. She was talking about this. She was talking about Poodle last night. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, so here's the theme tune, uh, and this is for Emma of The Flumps. 
definitely a mobile phone um a f- mobile phone thing isn't it you've yes. got to have the flumps on the mobile phone uh narrated by gay soper uh she's most well known for actually uh, being in the uh, recording of les miserables uh yeah. 1977 to 1988 uh this was uh produced by david yates uh yeah it just revolves around these furry little things that we said there like um flip Tribble flipples. What else? Flip, Mr. Flipple. Again, again. Hey, it's all linked with every other podcast. We've ever done. It is. It's like the advert where suddenly yeah. you've got too much information in your head and it's just all it's coming just out. Like... It's all coming out. Uh, yeah, the flumps are almost like tribbles, but with hands, feet, and uh, they wear hats. The theme tune, what we just heard, uh, was played by George Chisholm. Now, should we just point out that Chisholm? Yeah, you're going to say you're going to mention. TV program called. And we're going to be doing that soon as well. Uh, And he was done on the trombone. Uh, In 2002, it was released on DVD. Uh, Can you name, apart from Poodle, the other flumps? Oh, my God. Oh, no. I'm not even going to try and think. I'm going to be on here for 25 minutes trying to think about it. (laughs) So just answer it. You had had, uh, Grandpa Flump. He played a flumpet. Father Flump, (laughs) a keen gardener. Mother Flump, always seen cooking in the kitchen. Mm, Not too stereotypical. I was going to say, yeah. A posy, a child flump, Perky, and of course Emma's favourite, Poodle. Was Poodle the one who walked round with him? He had his cloud with him, didn't he? Always raining on him. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that, so. That's what my girlfriend always says. She got she, when she's running, she's got all my flump clouds chasing me. She said that from the for the ten, from te, for nearly ten years now. She's all been saying that, and it's all come really? back to mean yeah. something. There you go. Uh, let's read out another email. Uh, this is from our friend Cheryl. Cheryl Huff and uh, she just wanted to talk about a little bit about the Smurfs uh, Cheryl's uh, younger than us um, so obviously the Smurfs um, I think we miss those because we're getting on a bit now mm. <laughs> let's not say how old my brother are. was really into the Smurfs was your brother I think he was actually yeah mm. yeah. Uh, so uh, the Smurfs uh, this is Cheryl's message she sent uh, via Facebook uh, far very far from here in the little village full of mushroom shaped houses live the Smurfs the little characters are three apples high, have blue skin, and are dressed in white trousers and a cap. Yet, they are a happy, easy-going bunch, give or take one or two. The Smurfs speak a very strange language. Some words are replaced by Smurf, as well as some of the verbs. Instead of saying, I caught a cold in the nose, they would say, I smurfed a Smurf in the nose. And Cheryl says, I admit, you've got to include my little blue friends. I remember the heartbreak when my mum threw my Smurf Teddy in the bin. I was sick on him, and although she did wash him once, clearly twice, was beyond her remit. And instead, he was sent to the big mushroom in the sky. I think this maybe was the reason I always get to the bathroom nowadays, feel of my things being thrown away. Mm. Uh, Lazy Smurf remains my favourite. As I lay in bed yawning whilst typing, I have no idea why. Uh, I do remember the Smurfs. I do remember the uh, the craze that seemed to have gone on about people... Do you remember the little models of oh, the Smurfs you could get? My brother had hundreds of him. Him and his mates used to spend all day setting them up in the back garden. He was really big, wasn't he? He was huge a bit. The yeah, French, aren't they? Fre- French or Belgium? 
Yeah, Belgium. Yeah, yeah, I think that, but I'm not too sure because I didn't go into too much research on it. But I know that they seem to stick out, and of course, they've recently just had their uh, own film. They have Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> Which, come on, let's face it, when you watched Avatar, the only thing you thought about was it's just a load of Smurfs. It's just a load of Smurfs, yeah. Mm. Uh, our next uh, uh, program we're going to talk about is Jim will fix it. So let's oh, have the yes. theme tune to Jim will fix it, and you won't get this out of your head until after you've heard it. <laughs> theme tune <laughs> brilliant program that wasn't it when oh, you were a kid I, I must admit though that theme tune does throw me back to um, to Saturday nights uh, uh, watching it uh, the show debuted on the 31st of May I know I'm gonna, I, I'll do this bit and you can talk about Jimmy, Jimmy Savile because I know that you you, yeah. you like Jimmy Savile oh, um, the show debuted on 31st of May 1975 and actually ran to uh, 1994 it was in the Saturday tea time slot the prime time TV slot for um, children's TV and also for family TV, hosted by the uh, the insane uh, Jimmy Savile, who would fix wishes uh, for several viewers. Um, the producer throughout the show's run was Roger Audish, always referred to by Savile as Doctor Magic. The standard format of the show was you get a letter sent in, uh, and Jimmy would read it out, and then he would actually fix your wish. Uh, some of the famous ones, of course, was yeah. a load of kids, uh, uh, scouts uh, or cub scouts, uh, on, on who went on a on a, a, um, a roller, roller coaster. Co- that's Come so on. famous that is in Britain, isn't it? Yeah, they yeah. redid it, didn't they? Last year they got um, they re- got all them the people who had grown up, and they did it again. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they uh, they got to do it, and they, they ate a load of um, a, a picnic, wasn't it, on, yeah. on the roller coaster? It showed them getting covered. It. Uh, the letters always started off, dear Jim. Uh, did you ever send a letter into uh, Jim oh, to get a wish? I did. I sent a letter in to what smash a car up with a hammer, and it was. But Cal, where you lived, you could have done that every set. Every I know, weekend. I could have, but the thing is, I really wanted to do it. I'd smash up a really big with a big hammer, and it was done on there because I remember some kid doing it. So obviously, it must have been a common letter. <laughs> I thought it was really original, and I remember watching it thinking, "You jammy git." <laughs> I did that with Kev once. You know, we went to a uh, a. Uh, oh, was it you? Oh, I think it was Kev. We went to a stunt show. And uh, the car, the, the car did a jump and landed. And then obviously the driver got out, did his wa- you know, his wave and bowed to the crowd. And he buggered off and went to go and do some other stuff. Well, a group of us found the car and was jumping up and down on it. We didn't know <laughs> they actually wanted to use it for later on. <laughs> we smashed it up. Glass. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I actually sent a letter in, and mine was what to was meet yours? John Cleese. Ah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, didn't didn't get it. No, they couldn't uh, afford. They couldn't afford to get him. That basically it was all the things they could afford to do, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, this is where uh, you know I've been promising you my uh, my fact of the uh, yeah, of you've the been, week. Now, you. now listeners, he's been talking about this fact 
He's been teasing me for two days. So this has got to be the most amazing fact in the history of facts. Uh, it, 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 I, I stand by this fact, but uh, I stand by this fact. For, uh, the, the, the listeners, I hopefully will go, oh, that is interesting. But I'm hoping this is especially for you. Okay, are you ready? Go on then, go on then. Veteran movie actor Peter Cushing wrote <gasps> to the show in 1986 to ask if a variety of rows could be named after his late wife. Is this true? It's a fact. Bloody, that is a really good fact. Did he, did he, did he grant them the wish? Uh, to be fair, I don't know. <laughs> I bet they didn't. It would have cost uh, a lot of money to change a road sign. Well, there, there again, no, because you can have uh, you can have roses, uh, roses made, can't you? Uh, any rose that's, that's done. Oh, if we said uh, roads, no, that's pretty spectacular. So we named after your wife. Oh, roses. Yeah, no, they probably didn't do it. Yeah, yeah, they probably didn't do it. That's actually, a really good they? fact. If if anyone knows, you actually you actually faded out there as you said that. <laughs> No, so I'm pretty Peter Cushing. He's class. One of my all-time favourite actors. I, and surprising, do you, do you know? I'm going to put you on the spot here because I know you are a huge Peter Cushing, uh, oh, yeah. Peter Cushing fan. Um, what was the year he died? Uh, uh, it was the last film he did was um, Biggles. Yes, and, it was. Um, was it? Was it? Was it ninety-five? Oh, very close. 1994, he died. Uh, he was 81, 81 years old. And he's supposed um, to have been a lovely man, a really oh, nice man. He was absolutely awesome guy. Well, they, they all are, aren't they, like that? I mean, Christopher Lee's a pretty nice guy. But yeah, Peter Cushing was um, just a fabulous man. Uh, famously, of course, in Star Wars, uh, wore slippers uh, during his... <laughs> Did he? Brilliant. Yeah, he's he absolutely it, brilliant. The boots, were, uh, the boots were a little bit tight. And as, a, and as I said before, I still always think he's the best Sherlock Holmes as well. Mm, he was We've had this debate uh, before, haven't we? He was certainly on the top, the top list of Holmes. And uh, I've still got those DVDs that I bought... Um, yeah, you've got that one, live so. show that they did in the, the 60s one it, what made yeah. him famous didn't it yeah 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 Peter Cushion I think we should do a show on Peter Cushion should we do a show on Peter Cushion well we could do Hammer couldn't we oh oh, oh, oh yes okay ladies and gentlemen you've heard it here first yeah. waffle on about the Hammer films yeah. um, now this is a, 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 a one that you don't remember but was recommended to us by our good friend Di Coke and Ooh. this is Jigsaw so, do not, uh, no I've never heard of this before You've not heard it. Okay, so let's play the theme tune to uh, Jigsaw. Thank <laughs> you. 
uh, yeah, this was a children's BBC show uh, combining elements of puzzle solving and entertainment. It was broadcast from uh, 1979 to 1984, so it's at the cusp of it. Uh, it was written and directed by Clive Doig, a Doig, D-O-I-G, so I'm sorry if I said your name. And the show was presented by Adrian Headley and Janet Ellis. Oh. <laughs> and Jig, who was a giant floating orange jigsaw piece voiced by John Leeson, who uh, I believe was the guy who did um, K9. Now, the, the standout thing about uh, Jigsaw is Mr. Nosybunk. Um, and you, you don't remember Mr. Nosybunk, do you? I know the term, you Nosybunk. Obviously, that's where mm. that come from, but I, I don't remember it. Mm. He had his own little theme tune, which I'm just going to play now. And uh, he's, a, he's a nosy bonk theme tune. That's a Nosebunk theme tune, and this was always played whenever he was up to something. Now, Nosy Bunk uh, was played by Headley, and he was basically was just this guy in a tuxedo with white gloves and the most sinister uh, white face mask. Uh, he had huge eyes and a really massive nose, and with a toothy grin. Uh, they they class his eyes as just soulless. Um, he was supposed to present some light relief and guide to viewers. To me, it sounds uh, like he's yeah, a really slipknot. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, yes. Do you know the very, one with the big pointy sin- nose? Yeah, the, the, the nose out of wobbles. Very, yeah. very, very sinister. So um, it's probably best if you actually watch this, uh, listeners. So type into YouTube and just type in Nosy Bonk, uh, one word, Mr. Nosy Bonk. There's several little clips on there. And uh, I'll try, if I remember, to stick it on our Facebook page. Because remember, we do have a Facebook page. Uh, and uh, just type in Waffle on Podcast. And I'll stick a video clip up on there. It's uh, pretty pretty scary, I think. Uh, not not light relief at all. <laughs> no, I just... I really, what, yeah, what year uh, was so, that? Uh, 79, late 70s. Uh, went to 1984. Like a post-punk kind of thing that was. I think there was a lot of really edgy shows around that time because of the punk and all that, wasn't there? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, should we have another audio comment? Okay, this is Anthony from the Scuttercast. Hey guys, it's uh, Anthony here. Some of you may know me better as uh, Ori Studfarm from various forums. And I wanted to leave you comments on general childhood TV. Um, and it's really, really difficult to know where to begin on this one. So uh, I'm going to start with early memories. And there's two shows that stand out for me. Um, that people seem to have difficulty remembering. Uh, the one some people actually remember uh, was BJ and the Bear, um, which was basically a big trucker, and he had some sort of a chimp as an assistant. And I know I used to love this show. I can't remember any of the storylines, but I do remember the theme tune, which, if memory serves me correctly, was also parodied for uh, Paddy and Max. Um, that was a parody of the uh, BJ and the Bear, or BJ and his best friend Bear, I should say. Another show, whether you can remember this or not, I don't know. I know we're about the same age, 
it was a it was a French cartoon and I've yet to be anybody that can remember this although I have found it on YouTube and it was a cartoon called Watu Watu uh, Watu Watu was a black and white space bird it used to come and if her memory serves me correct it used to be eco problems he used to sort out and he used to call all the other Watus from the sky uh, which basically meant going beak down tail up in the air and doing a little whistle that went something like Now, I don't know how that's going to be picked up by my microphone, so hopefully that came through. Um, if not, I'm going to be deleting all of this message and starting again from scratch. But yeah, the, uh, they're my earliest memories, and like I say, no storylines can be remembered. It's mainly music and images of characters and what have you. Right, next, you've got ones which... Uh, I think they ran for ran till I was a bit older. These probably ran till I was about six or seven, maybe even a bit older. And this classics like Cholton and the Wheelies. I used to love Cholton and the Wheelies. Obviously, all the Candlewick Green ones, stuff like that. Um, now, what I'm actually doing, I keep having to pause this and check on YouTube uh, just to bring some of them to memory. Um, but these things like Bod, Bagpuss, Mr. Ben. Uh, I used to love all these shows. Rainbow uh, was another one. Uh, recently, we've been doing. Um, uh, I can't remember how it came about. It came about on Twitter. I think it was. I think it was uh, Dangerless came up with um, wanting to know about uh, a childhood show which featured um, aliens with grey skin, white hair, in silver suits. And I instantly recognised it. Um, I don't know if you can remember an educational show. It used to get played at schools a lot. And it used to have books that came along you could read along with. And it was a show called Look and Read. Now, depending on the age you are, that depends on the sort of stories you remember. Now, the Look and Read stories I can remember was uh, one called Dark Towers. Uh, the one Dangerless was on about was um, The Boy from Space and all these theme tunes, they all had unique theme tunes, they can all be found on uh, YouTube uh, fantastic, I remember one called Geordie Racer, now this I mainly remember because my brother used to watch that one, uh, this was actually for people that are probably three, four years younger than me that's the one that would stand out in their memory then of course you've got um, some of the the people that used to present these shows uh, such classics such as uh, Brian Kant uh, he came up the other week uh, I think that was you Meds that uh, was on about him uh, one of my favourite, well two of my favourites Derek Griffiths and he used to sing the theme tune to Heads and Tails I think he sung the theme tune for Dark Towers as well uh, he was always a big presenter um, uh, possibly the first black person I ever noticed on TV um, but yeah fant you know, fantastic uh, there was uh, Johnny Morris was another one and he used to do a show uh, was it Animal Magic with the animal he used to talk to the animals um, and he used to do the voices for each animal as well and have conversations with them uh, yeah it used to be fantastic I, I really can't think of a better time to have grown up with kids TV than uh, myself you know I was born in 74 and kids TV tended to be tend to be uh, well before the 70s I would say it was very safe it was all uh, 
it was all Andy Pandy and um, Learn With Mother type, BBC type shows. And then it went a bit, it, when, during the 70s it actually became entertainment, something that was entertaining for the kids. Uh, then I would say halfway through the 80s it changed and it became more commercialised and it was all about selling the cheap plastic toys and the action figures that go with. Um, so yeah, I think we actually lived through the glory years of TV. Now I could start reeling off hundreds of more, you know, uh, Thundercats and Bucky O'Hare and uh, you know various other ones. Uh, I'm not. I'm going to leave it there. I just uh, it was just a simple message. Uh, uh, I'm sure you've covered all the main ones. Um, it's there's just so much to go into this. I'm you can't tie. Uh, you can't just have one waffle on this. This has got to be a subject that's revisited. Um, so yeah I'll I'll leave it there I'm sure I'm going to love this one uh, I, I love your show anyway uh, because of the nostalgia it brings up but if you start covering kids TV from early childhood you've you've got me right you know it doesn't get any better so catch you later okay cheers Andy ah cool 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 we do like oh, MP3s don't we one it saves us from having to talk <laughs> Uh, so our, uh, our next program we're going to talk about we are coming towards uh, not towards the end Cal so unfortunately you can't have um... yeah because you're time tonight aren't you you've only got a certain amount of fringe, time fringe the number one my number one program fringe is our... anyway got an hour okay, there we go <laughs> yeah I'm being going to be an hour so uh, don't worry uh, the next couple ones are ones that stand out in my head of programs that I still adore now uh, this is Mr Ben so let's play the theme tune <laughs> That that is the and best theme tune. Now, if you get, if you get me ever. wrong, there's hardly any made. There's hardly any made of that, was there? No, it's thirteen. It's always that thirteen. It always seemed to be on. They must have <laughs> keep really repeating that when we were growing up non-stop, weren't they? Well, there were only fifteen minutes uh, each, they? which is which is the weird thing. Uh, a little bit of some facts about Mr. Ben. Um, Mr. Ben lived at 52 Festival Lane, and the whole premise of this show uh, revolved around Mr. Ben, who was dressed in a a, a bowler hat and a suit. Uh, used to visit a local fancy dress shop and the shopkeeper would appear as if by magic to invite Mr. Ben in to try a new costume uh, never paid for it mm. as uh, Boz said uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, off he'd go and have an adventure uh, in this new land with his new suit on and uh, he'd come back into the doorway and, and off he'd go it was uh, created by David McKee and narrated by Ray Brooks. Uh, now, do you want to have a guess at the uh, fancy dress outfits that uh, no, was in all the 13 no. episodes? My favourite was the uh, uh, George and the Dragon one, where he went to fight the dragon in the suit of armour. That yeah. was the Red Knight. And that's what I can remember, weirdly. They all seem to be kind of stuff that you'd want to be as a chi- as a kid, uh, you know, and say, what, what would you want to be when you get older? Yeah. So I'll read them out. Uh, the Red Knight, which is what you just mentioned, yeah. a hunter, a frogman, uh, a magic carpet bloke, it says there. I, I think they mean someone with like curly, but, uh... curly slippers and a fez, don't they? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fez. Uh, a caveman, oh, yeah. a chef, a wizard, a cowboy, a clown, a zookeeper, 
A pirate and a balloonist. A balloonist? What does what kind of outfit does a balloonist wear? I have absolutely These no are idea. Uh, David McKee fans might have also noticed a similarity to 1980s show King Rolo. Oh yeah. Do you remember King Rolo? Uh, it was his creation. I'll well. tell you what, though, uh, I have got a fact about yeah, Mr. Mr. Ben. There was going to be a film. There was going to be a film, oh, wasn't God. there? And it was going to be yeah, and it was Ralph. Was, yeah. was going to play him. I wonder what happened to that. When you actually read that out, how, gonna, how on earth are they going to do a film? I think maybe the fact that Ralph Fiennes played Steed in um, the Avengers movie was the reason why he didn't get made because obviously Steed wears a bowler hat and a suit. So do you think that yeah, would have got a bit too? I don't think a film of that would have. I tell you what, a live action TV yeah, not series. Not a film. Would go down it, just, well. it just wouldn't. It's not cinematic enough, is it? No, I think they'd take the 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 innocence the out of it. Out of it movie, have, yeah. That's a better word, innocence more than anything. Uh, okay, so our next one is the Mister Men. Mr. Man is something that sticks in my head and it is uh, my, my daughter's well I say my daughter's collective we're buying uh, actually no my my mum uh, my mum and dad are buying my daughter every single Mr. Man book well you've still got the classic one the classic Mr. Man uh, uh, which is uh, done by Roger Hargreaves is the, is the writer of the book uh, yeah you've got like the little misses and I think they brought some new ones out I think uh, his son they're like Mr. Chav <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be terrible, wouldn't it? Uh, the the Mister Man we're talking about though was uh, was narrated by Arthur Lowe, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I can, if I hear the Mister Man done by Arthur Lowe, and you can get the DVD of it, so I'm going to buy the DVD because I think they're brilliant, and I, I'm sure my daughter will love them. Um, but it's hearing Arthur Lowe do. It. I think, um, oh, who was it? Who did yeah, because someone. On? I'm sure. It was, oh, it was yeah. Jeffrey Palmer did it later on in 1997. I actually thought, um, who was it who played Neil? Oh, not your player. Um, Nigel Plain, I could have sworn Nigel Plain did, but, but apparently not. Uh, yeah, the Mr. Man character, they've been adapted from the, the, the books, um, done by Arthur Lowe. Uh, it was done in 1975. Arthur Lowe's most famous, of course, for Captain Manorin in Dad's Army. Um, there was the second series done, uh, and this was narrated by John and Pauline Alderton. Uh, John Alderton was most famous for um, Yes, was it Yes, yeah, Sir? Yeah, uh, Please Sir. Please Sir, that was it, yeah. And also played uh, James Herriot in The Second uh, all creatures great and small film, which you bet you didn't nope, know that. And I didn't want to know it either. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, I love the Mister Men. Uh, basically, it's uh, a load of uh, cartoon-drawn characters. As Mister Mister Strong was yeah. a, a red square. Mister Grumpy wasn't uh, Mister Grumpy. Mis- was that a triangle? Yeah, it was. N- or was that Mister Greed? I thought it was a green. Wasn't it green? Mister Greedy had yeah. like a big greedy stomach, didn't he? Big belly. Yeah, a <laughs> big greedy. stomach. Yeah. just big and round, wasn't he? Big and right. uh, Mr. Tickle yeah, was uh, an oven circle yeah. with big long arms that would uh, would, <laughs> would sneak his arm around. It's really hard for you to think about it, isn't it? Because <laughs> <laughs> he just like putting his <laughs> hand in the window when yeah. people are asleep and tickling the feet, and that is like, yeah. isn't that harassment? <laughs> oh, I think yeah, I think it probably is actually. Think about it. Um, so our last program we're going to look at, um, and the reason why I've left it to the end is because it's just. <laughs> No, it's thinking about it. It is, it's crazy. Again, it's one of these ones that are going to folklore. 
and uh, I'll explain that why. Uh, Kel, your thoughts on Rainbow? Now, now, you, now, now you're talking. Now you're into a show that I loved. Rainbow, it, I think it's one of these programmes. It got bigger afterwards, didn't it? I think as adults grew up, they sort of kept the myth going because basically, do you want me to explain what the show was about? Because I don't know myself, really. It was... It, yeah, okay. We should play Go the theme on, tune man. first. Okay, here's the theme tune. Rainbow. Up above the streets and houses, rainbow climbing high. Everyone can see it smiling over the sky. Paint the whole world with a Another one that's going to. Can you actually your remember what the, sh- uh, what the show was? I know what went on, but what was the show about? It people was, sitting around talking. It yeah? was basically, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Basically, we've just. All it was, was you'd, talking, all you'd get back from school or watch it whenever. All you wanted was bloody zippy, wasn't it? Well, the thing is, he was actually showing me day twelve ten. The reason why it's most it's popular is like you said earlier on. As people get older, they they tend to take it to heart. Uh, so it's really he's just students. Yeah, I was gonna say when I life. was growing when I was growing up, the two characters I liked the most from children's were, were Zippy and Sweep. And when you look back, they were the really naughty characters, weren't they? Sweep Sutty. was in um, that was Sutty and Sweet, yeah. No, I was just saying the two characters I liked when I was a kid that were was were, 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 they, were both it, very yeah. similar. And I think that's why a lot of people students grew up with Zippy because he was the naughty character, wasn't mm. he? He was very. He, well, he's also the one that wouldn't... That's probably why you identify with Zippy, is because that you, you're... Exactly, you yeah, talking. and that's it. You know, I used to get called Zippy. People used to say, Bloody, I wish we could zip him up like Zippy the Zip. Honestly, people used to say... <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you, want, to, do you yeah. want to describe what... what uh, the, 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 the three main... The three main... Well, you had... Jeffrey. The, the host, uh, Jeffrey, who was the main one. He wasn't the first host. The first presenter oh. was David Cook. Uh, but the, the main presenter that everyone recognises is, of course, Jeffrey Hayes. Uh, there was three... Uh, puppets, kind of puppets, and a man in the suit. So, d- describe well, Zippy first. Zippy was a non-specific creature. The only creature that you'd have, if you ever found out he was, he was Zippy, and he was a zip. Basically, he was a one-armed round thing with a zip for a mouth, and yeah. that's as good as he. That's all he was, wasn't he? <laughs> you, you never knew what he was meant to be. Yeah. Then you had, and always, see, always seemed to go. Then, well, then you had George, who was. I think we can say now he was a gay hippopotamus, wasn't he? There's no doubt he yes, was gay. Yes, he was wasn't certainly he? camp. He, well, he was pink, <laughs> and uh, he was he had a very very yeah, camp yeah, voice. I'd, so. So I'd, I'd probably you go so far as to say he was gay. He's got he ain't he? he reminded me of Godfrey in Dad's Army. I don't know why. <laughs> Growing up, he reminded me of Godfrey. Do, do you know what I mean when I say that? <laughs> I could just hear James from the Dad's Army podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah. throwing up his dinner at the moment. Now. You've just, he just did. He just... Uh, 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 yeah, I thought, no. Because he was nice. He was George really was nice. Nice, calm. and uh, Yeah, yeah, Not yeah. Not because yeah, he was... Definitely, yeah. You know, ga- no, it was just because he was really yeah. nice. And then you had Bungle, who was <laughs> a massive bear <laughs> in a bloke in a bear suit. Who, yeah. I didn't really like Bungle. Yeah. Uh, does just des- describe Bungle as... Bungle is a large brown bear who is inquisitive and quite clumsy. And the strangest thing about Bungle was that he always wore pyjamas <laughs> at bedtime, 
swimming shorts on the beach and a towel after a shower, yet appeared nude <laughs> yeah, all yeah. the time. Oh, that's really good, that. It's just, it's just really odd. It's a really odd show. But it wasn't any good, but it was, like you're saying, it was students in the, in the 80s and the 90s who made that really big, weren't they? He was, and Jeffrey Hayes as well, who uh, a blonde-haired uh, uh, presenter who always seemed to be smiling at, at anything. And mind you, you would, wouldn't you, smile if you was uh, dealing with and a, the fingers well, camp, you know, I mean, Zippy and George still Zippo. do the uh, still do student union gigs and stuff. St- yeah, but he's, he's really? quite a bad bad mouth, Zippy now. Because I saw him, I, I've saw it on oh, YouTube. Right, okay. You put in Zippy, and there's all the new stuff, and he's like basically swears and smokes and that now. But it's still very funny. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, other people on the uh, Rod oh. Jane and Freddie, a group of musicians who regularly feature in the program. Those originally known as Rod, Matt, and Jane, when they debuted on the show in '74, uh, Matt's being, position being held by Matthew Corbett of the Sutty Show fame. Uh, later, uh, Roger Walker from uh, 1979 before Freddie Marks took over the show. I only ever since remember it was yeah. Rod, Jane, and Freddie. Um, there was uh, a rumor that went round that the show was full of double entendres. Uh, this is actually not true. Uh, the reason where this comes from uh, was there was a Christmas video done. Uh, never, it wasn't meant to be shown anyway. It was done for a Christmas, uh, the Christmas party, in which it was a very rude episode of Rainbow, uh, such as uh, <laughs> various things, you know, Zippy saying, "Oh, someone's got yeah, a hand yeah, up yeah. me," and all this kind I've of stuff. I've saw actually. Uh, you've shown was, me that before, haven't you? Yes, yeah. It was. Uh, it was shown on a, a yeah, BBC Two program. Really- uh, uh, well, the man with the top hat who did Ebenezer Good. Jerry Sadowitz. <laughs> yeah. Jerry Sadowitz. It was shown, I think it was just shown on the Jerry Sadowitz show. Uh, but you can it's find funny. that on YouTube. It's, funny, it's only five minutes <laughs> worth of it. But, uh, but yeah. And so, uh, so that was Rainbow. A uh, very psychedelic uh, programme. Now, there's two uh, presenters who stand out. For me, I, I, I hope you agree with me, Kel, on this. Uh, and the first one of these is Brian Kant. Uh, that said, C A N T. Yeah, you're not a company. You're not a company calling uh, me something. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, Brian, Brian Kant, who I think is an absolute legend. He is still alive. Uh, born in 1933, so he's uh, he's into his uh, 70s now. Uh, I'll read out his um, his uh, little bio that we've got here. Um, I. Before I actually read it out, this man, I think, is a legend for every child brought up in the 1970s. He, uh, he, uh, he, he still looks fantastic, to be fair, and I think he still works, which is, which is you know, a credit to himself. Uh, born in Ipswich, he currently lives in Buckinghamshire, he's married to writer and director Cherry Britton, who is the sister of oh. Fern Britton. An actor, Jasper Britton. Uh, they have three children, daughter Rose and twins Christabel and Peter. He has two sons from his first marriage, Nicholas and Richard, who is also an actor. He is the son-in-law of the British actor Tony Britton and brother-in-law of the television chef Phil Vickery. Uh, Kant is particularly well known for his work on many BBC children's programmes uh, in the 60s to the 1980s, including Play School, Play Away. Play Away is brilliant. If I can find the theme tune to Play Away, I'm playing it at the very end of the show, because I just think it's brilliant. Uh, he did the narration for Trumpton Chingley and Campbellwick Green, uh, that's a show coming up soon, and Brickerback. Uh, he's also been uh, in other stuff, such as Doctor Who, he's been two stories of Doctor Who, The Daleks Master Plan and the Dominators, and he briefly stood in for Eddie Waring in the game show It's a Knockout. Um, in the late 1990s, Kant has been parodied, uh, sorry, parodied his previous contributions as narrator in the Organ Gang, a weekly segment in Lee and Herring's This Morning with Richard, Not Judy. Uh, I remember that. Sunday, I remember uh, that, yeah. yeah. Uh, here's, oh, uh, would you like another interesting about, fact? Go on, then. It's about Brian Kant. 
In 2001, Cant appeared in a music video on Orbital's DVD, The All Together. This clip is similar to Play School, featuring Cant in his familiar presenter role. Ah. Mm. There you go. Uh, in 2007, he was named the best loved voice from UK children's television in a poll of over 1,200 people for Underground Ernie, which is a magazine. Uh, he beat Bagpuss and Oliver Engine narrator Oliver Postgate uh, into second place with David Jason, who narrated Danger Mouse, who came third. Uh, he read the second half of Anne Jungman's Vlad the Drag books for audiobook, uh, replacing Anthony Daniels. In, in May 2008, he recorded a brand new audio series of children's stories for free download from the Great Little Traders Club. Uh, so that's uh, Brian Kant, who's uh, just awesome. Um, uh, does he stick it out in your mind as a, a classic uh, presenter? He does, but not as much as the next one you're going to talk about. Who is? Derek Griffiths. You are crazy, crazy man. Uh, Derek Griffiths, uh, born 15th of July 1946 in Woking, Surrey, England. He's a British actor who appeared in numerous British television programmes for children between the 1960s and 1980s. Uh, recently, he's been in TV dramas. A trained Royal Shakespearean actor, Griffiths is best known for his early years on, of course, Play School, uh, alongside the likes of Chloe Ashcroft and the brilliant Johnny Ball. Uh, a talented multi-instrumentalist who also voiced and uh, voiced over and sang the theme tune to Heads and Tails. Knees and Tails, Knees and Tails. <laughs> hey! A short animated films for children produced by BBC TV and he also sang and played a theme tune to the cartoon Bud, which we mentioned earlier on. He appeared on Crown Court in 73 and an accused fraud staff. Crown Court, and, no, I remember uh, that in the 70s, do you? Crown Court. Being off from school yeah, and yeah, being yeah, bloody yeah. bored out of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in 1975, Griffiths played uh, Nanky Poo in The Black Mikado at London's Cambridge Theatre. The musical was a modern version of the Gilbert and Sullivan opera The Mikado. Uh, Griffiths' uh, distinctive voice can currently be heard in the UK on CBeebies' programme Little Red Tractor. How old is he now? Stephen Tompkinson. Uh, well, he was born in 46, Bloody so he's hell. in his 60s. Yeah, uh, you can. He's still doing uh, TV adverts as well. Uh, in 1997, Griffiths originated the role of Lumiere, an original West End production of Beauty and the Beast at the Dominion Theatre, and played the role of the child catcher in the West End uh, run of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang at the London Palladium. Uh, so, Derek Griffiths, there. Uh, go look for yeah, him great. on YouTube. Oh, I don't know what that was for. No, he was brilliant. He was brilliant. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, cool. So that was our quick rundown of some seventies programs. Now we know there's oh. uh, loads of other TV programs that we could have talked about in the seventies. And as I say, this is not the end of this. We are doing several uh, parts. To and, as this, uh, and as we've and as we've said, the eighties is more our thing, really, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, and I'm looking forward to doing that. We might have to split that up uh, in in a couple of parts. So you still got time to send in any uh, comments in. Uh, to waffle on regarding uh, children's TV programs in the 1980s or if there's something that you suddenly remembered what we've just talked about then and want to add please do feel free you can email us at waffleonpodcast at googlemail.com I've uh, got a few things to say before we uh, end uh, might as well do a little bit of self-promoting why not it's our show um, I've done a story called Once a Jolly Swagman uh, which has just been produced for a podcast called The Martians Are Here uh, you can find that at www.themartiansarehere.com and the link is uh, to the Podbean site which of course is where, where we're hosted at uh, there's another programme another programme another audio drama has been put up on there as well called A Little Bit of Trouble done by Anomalies Jen Rhodes uh, you'll recognise Jen from being on our Holy Grail podcast and again you can find that at the same site they're all done by Vic Moyer 
who's uh, most well known from Taking With You. And it's all free. So head over there and download yourself 20 to half an hour of uh, audio drama. Mine's quite dark. Uh, don't play it to the kids. <laughs> I do, <laughs> I but even though when we were kids, we would have loved it. Yeah, actually, yeah. Sleep being shorter and an alien with a massive eye. Mm. I'd go for that. <laughs> and uh, Jen's little bit of trouble is, uh, is for children, and it's, uh, it is awesome. Uh, again, let's uh, mention our Waffle On uh, page at Facebook. Just go and type in the search bar, Waffle On Podcast. Come and join us. We uh, put up show notes there. And always, please do leave us feedback there. And, of course, we do need feedback at iTunes. We've had some new feedback abroad, and we'd like some more in England, if you wouldn't mind. So uh, feedback is always good, even if it's um, negative. If it's negative, email us. and then we'll Oh, that'd be brilliant, that will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so what's our next show? I don't know. We, we are going to do this TNG one soon, aren't we? Yeah, uh, we're going to do that. That's not going to be the next one. That's the one after this next yeah. one. Our next That's going to be a... Yeah, well, I don't know what is our next one. It's Steptoe and Son. Ah, oh, brilliant. Yeah, the Steptoe. I'm going to try and get Kevin. Kevin, yeah, that. mate, who's a massive fan of Steptoe yeah. fan. Isn't it's, it? it's just, it's just tracking it down. At the moment, I think he's stuck in Greece. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, the crowd is there. Uh, he's, uh, as we know, Iceland. He's doing his best to screw us once again. They did it with the banks, and they're doing it with holidays. Uh, Controversial. With <laughs> well, it's true. Uh, but we've got no Icelandic listeners, have we? No, I don't think they could afford it. Because <laughs> <laughs> isn't vodka in Iceland really expensive? It's really expensive there. It's a really expensive place. It's sixty percent uh, income tax. Yeah, anyway, cool, Steve. Yeah, that's it's a boring fact to end the podcast on. It is. Sorry, uh, hey, Kel, Anything else you want to say before we go? No. Okay, brilliant. So, if you want to send us any comments regarding uh, the show in general, uh, or of course Steptoe and Son, please do send them in. We'll be recording around about the fifteenth uh, of June. That's the deadline for any comments. If you want to be mentioned, and uh, we look forward to seeing you then. Kel, thanks for joining us. No worries, mate. And uh, thank you once again, listeners, for joining us, and we'll see you all next month. Take care. Coming soon to the Martians Are Here podcast, a special audio presentation from guest writer Simon Meddings. What's a jolly swagman? This is the Outback you've never seen before. Pulling up outside his house, Robert's jaw dropped open. His front windows were black. They were normally dusty, but not black. Clamoring from his vehicle, he edged closer to his home and strained hard to examine the glass panels. The closer he got, the more obvious what the black was. It wasn't paint or dirt. It was flies. Once a Jolly Swagman, coming soon to the Martians of Year podcast. Meet Little Bit. She's a mechanical rat. What did you just call me? I'm a gerbot, thank you very much. I can't believe this guy. I agree to an interview and get insulted for my trouble. <clears throat> She's a gerbot. A robotic gerbil designed to be the perfect pet. 
little bit. I'm not a rat, and I don't want to belong to this bully anymore either. Oh, that's Denny. He's Little Bit's little master. Being his pet is boring. And he's annoying. This kid is always stuffing me into one of his smelly little pockets. Yeah, right. It's true! To top it off, I just realized last night that my exercise wheel doesn't actually go anywhere. And nobody on this spaceship can understand a single word I say. Ah, she's so cute when she chitters. Good little gerbot. Quit patting my head. Gerbots <sighs> <laughs> are so adorable. Oh, uh, where was I? Join us as we follow Little Bit's journey aboard the Wisher's Wish in the short story, Little Bit of Trouble, written by the Anomaly podcast, Jan Rhodes. Hey, Mr. Brilliant. Did you hear me? I just said this wheel doesn't actually go anywhere. How could anyone journey in this thing? Watch. I'll show you. Running, running, running. Keep these feet a-running, Gerbot. See? The wheel is moving, but I'm still in this stupid cage. Hmm. I wonder if it would go anywhere if I ran faster. Yeah! I promise, it's a wild ride. <laughs> you call this exercise wheel a ride? Sure, it's shiny chrome, but it's still pretty lame. Remember, it doesn't go anywhere. I don't even have a horn. It's packed full of space pirates, mean big sisters, bratty little brothers. What? what? Space pirates? Where? Action, adventure, and suspense. This wheel can do all that? Cool! Faster feet, move faster! Little bit of trouble. It's a robot love and space adventure for kids of all ages. Don't miss it. Coming soon to the Martians Are Here podcast.